But before that, we were looking at the Sermon on the Mount. So last week we started a series on the Sermon on the Mount of the Beatitudes, which is the the first thing that Jesus uh, teaches in in the Sermon on the Mount. So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 5. If you have a Bible, you want to turn there. Um, That's what we're starting today. Last week we focused on blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But I'll read the... All the all eight of the Beatitudes again to you now. Yeah, Matthew chapter five. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted, because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Remember last week I, I said that these um, blessed can also mean happy. Happy are those who are poor in spirit. You could read it like that. And so I've heard someone say that these are the happy attitudes, not the, the, the beatitudes or the happy, happy attitudes. Um, so today we're going to focus on blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now that is almost perverse, isn't it? It was hard enough last week to look at this, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, but this really is strange to say, happy are those, basically happy are those who are sad, uh, for they will be comforted. Those who are mourning. Really strange thing to say. Now some of these Beatitudes, like last week, I think it's, there are things that we strive for. So to be poor in spirit is actually something to, to be, to be uh, striven for. So let's try and be poor in spirit and not rich in spirit. We don't want to be trusting in ourselves. We want to be trusting in, in God. That's something we want to sort of work towards, I suppose. But this one, I, I'm not suggesting that I think Jesus is saying, right, you all need to find something to mourn, you know, you, you know, Let's, let's go out looking for stuff to be mournful about. Um, you, you know, go, heaven forbid, you know, deliberately kill your dog so that you could be sad about it. I mean, heaven forbid. That, would I be sad? No, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, sorry, Adam. Um, the reality is, though, the reality is, that what this is saying, that stuff happens, doesn't it? in life. Stuff happens all the time, which ends up causing us pain and sorrow and sadness. Um, so, you can't get away from, from that. Um, we were just saying, weren't we, uh, that actually life is broken. You know, that the world is broken. And so, there's a lot of stuff that we would, um, we grieve over. That's just a reality. So it's not something that we strive for, but it's actually just a reality of all of our lives that stuff happens um, which causes grief, which causes mourning, 
Um, so what Jesus is saying is a good news announcement. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And that's good news. And all of these, actually, all of these Beatitudes are good news statements. This is good news. Um, and so stuff happens that causes us grief. You know, I'm sure for many of us, we will have uh, lost friends and family. Uh, for many of us, we have lost relationships, or we have lost a job, or we've lost a future, or we've lost security. For many of us, there are things that cause us to mourn, right? Yeah? Um, in, in, in the Bible, there was a lot of mourning. If you read the Bible, that's why um, you look at the Psalms, there's a lot of lamenting, because there was a whole load of stuff that happened that would cause the people to mourn. And if you look at the, the period of the exile, the Israelites lost their land, they lost their king, they lost their temple, they really lost their God, in a sense. So there was a lot of mourning going on there. Jeremiah says, since my people are crushed, I am crushed. I mourn and horror grips me. He's talking about the world around him. He's not just talking about for him, he's talking about stuff is happening around me and to my people that causes me to mourn. We may look at the world around us today and... Um, Poverty, climate change, war, evil. I mean, I really grieved, was it last week when that guy got stabbed on the train? Um, you know, that, that I ride past that, those two stations where um, quite a lot, so it just really brings it home to you when it's close, doesn't it? You know, I grieve that. And the, the son, um, he was there, the teenage son, terrible. Um, so I think, like last week I said, are you poor in spirit? kind of thinking, hmm, am I poor in spirit? But, uh, this week I'm saying, are you mourning now? Are you grieving now? Um, you may be. Uh, or, and maybe not. Um, but uh, when you are mourning and when you are grieving, there is, there is comfort in you. I think it's, you know, we lost um, Margaret didn't we, last year. And, and that has an impact on a small community when, when somebody dies and and I think it's right to, even now I know we've talked with some people uh, just even recently and, and it's it still hurts doesn't it to, to think that she's no longer with us and um, everything about her is now missing from us as a, um, as, a, as a church so we grieve that and we mourn that um, and actually this ties in with, with last week because the rich in spirit will try and avoid mourning. They'll try and avoid pain. They'll try and avoid grief. They will use all means possible to make life as easy and as secure and as safe as possible. So the world does this. Let's try and avoid all pain and suffering. Let's try and avoid um, stuff that will cause me to mourn. So we'll use all our money and our power and our influence to avoid all pain and suffering and, and try and avoid the inevitable. But as somebody once says, there's two things true in life, death and taxes. And, and to put it another way here, you know, are, are you mourning? Um, are there things in your life you grieve? Yes, I'm sure there are. But are you actually mourning them? I wonder. This pain and this grief, are we trying to avoid it, even though it's there, or are we actually sort of engaging with it, saying, yeah, I, I do grieve this. 
I do mourn you. Because mourning is, is actually something we're quite proactive with. It's a physical, emotional engagement with grief. There's ways of processing pain. Isn't and if you look in, in the Bible, mourning involved tears, wailing, shaving your head and putting ashes on your head, tearing your clothes, loud and bitter lamenting. Apparently, and you might say I'd be good at this on the tube, but there would be instruments who would, uh, flute players who would come and play mournful dirges on, on uh, the musical instruments, just as a part of the mourning process. Maybe that's going to be my next gig. Yeah. Because they were processing their emotions. They even employed people to be professional mourners back in Jesus' day. Bonkers, you know. Do they still do that? Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, and I wonder whether sometimes in our world we just try and think, I'm just going to just try and ignore it, and try and uh, move on for it, um, and not engage. And so I think mourning is something we we need to engage in the process. Now I've had a funny week. Um, I, I've I'm learning about myself. I think since I've come back from sabbatical, I've been a lot more, um, what's the word, uh, self-analyzing um, myself and just saying, how am I feeling? What am I thinking about? And I've been thinking who I am as a person. And, um, and I've been really aware of myself this week that I've got, I got really sad. I got really, there's a lot of grief welling up in me um, over the world around us. Um, and I, I seem to be entering into this message a lot more than I would normally. You know, you, when you're preaching, it sort of is going around in your head a lot through the week. But this really, um, I was mourning all kinds of things. And um, I, there was a couple of weeks ago, I just it came to my mind, there was a, a documentary I watched when I was in my early 20s, where there's a, a composer called Goretzky. Heard of him? Come on, guys. Um, he was like a late uh, 20th century Polish composer um, and grew up in the shadow of the Holocaust happening on his doorstep kind of thing. So his music was very pained. <laughs> and he wrote a, a symphony uh, which is called a Sym Symphony of Sorrowful Songs. And then that was made into a documentary and it had footage of sort of the Nazi war atrocities and uh, stuff that was going on at the time, which was um, in the Gulf War, you know, with Saddam Hussein and Jean Shoes and that kind of thing, as well as some stuff from Ethiopia with and there was a family there. Um, and me being me, I'm a real melancholic, I'm realizing, I enjoy watching that kind of thing in a sort of strange kind of way. So I, I looked it up on YouTube and I found it. and But I watched it and it was just really gripped me, you know, it got me. And, and I was mourning and I was grieving just the atrocities and happened in our world, even just within the last hundred years, not even the last hundred years, just, yeah. And then also, I don't know if you saw the, the drama documentary on ITV about Levi Belfield, you know, the guy who murdered Millie Dowler and a few other people locally, and I think you've watched it, but it's just, again, it's just telling the story of, of terrible evil that happened on our doorstep in Walton, and... Um, really affected me, really affected me. Normally I can watch these things and sort of move on, but this really affected me, and it felt like I was entering into something of the suffering of God. 
Because God mourns, he grieves. You know, Jesus, when he came to the tomb, uh, it's not the tomb, but he came uh, to Lazarus's family, and Lazarus had died, what did he do? He, he wept. Jesus wept. And our God grieves and mourns, and there was something in me as I was looking at these things. Again, to come back to what you were saying, really, as well. This just, ah, got me mourning. Got me grieving. But then I came to this verse. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That is there really blessing in this sadness? You're thinking, oh dear, I thought this, I come to church to be uplifted. And is there really blessing in mourning? Well, without Jesus, I would say that there actually is very little blessing in mourning. Because I think without Jesus, really, all we have is all we have. So it's kind of, you know, the world is the way it is, and, and things are broken, and things are painful, and there is no real hope. And so without Jesus, I don't think there is much blessing in, in grief, if I'm honest. I can't think of much. But with Jesus, yes, I think there is a real blessing in, in mourning because he brings comfort. Isaiah 40 starts with famous words where it says, comfort, comfort my people. And it goes on to speak of how God has come to his people in person to bring comfort to them. And I think, you know, it's a bit like child falls over and cuts their leg. What do they want? They want mummy. They want just to be cuddled, don't they? To be picked up and to be in their arms with mama. They probably, they'd like the cut to go away, or, but at the end of the day, they know that that's not going to happen, but actually to be in the arms of their mum, and, and if, if mum's not there, maybe dad. Um, uh, you know, but just to be there brings comfort, doesn't it? To be there with somebody. And actually, I found um, that in my lowest times, when people have just showed up and been there, that brings comfort. Um, my advice pastorally is, is, is that what happened with Job. You know, his friends, Job, his life fell apart. There's a character in the Bible, his life fell apart. And some of his friends came and sat with him and said nothing for seven days. Best thing they could have done. Then they opened their mouth and it all went wrong. So, but actually just to be with people brings comfort. And so Jesus um, comes and, and, and is present with us in our suffering. And that brings comfort. So yes, on that level, Jesus brings comfort and blessing. But also, Jesus' whole life shows us that there is hope for the future. So the morning of Good Friday is turned into the rejoicing of Easter Sunday. And so there is always hope in our mourning, in our sadness, in our loss, in our grief, that we aren't going to be here forever. That there is a hope that Easter Day is coming. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. They shall be comforted. And see, the comfort only really makes sense when we've truly mourned. Yeah? I think, again, this world likes to try and just 
avoid the, the pain, so actually it doesn't really know the comfort. Because comfort only really makes, makes sense once you've mourned. Salvation only makes sense when you realize you're in the need of saving. And so only when we enter into the pain do we appreciate the healing and, and the, the comfort comes at the end. Jesus didn't say, happy are those who live in denial and avoid mourning. Yeah? That's the way the world tries to solve the problem. But mourning isn't something we strive for, but when grief comes, and it will come, enter into it and know that there is blessing in Jesus because he will bring comfort. He will bring hope. He will bring his presence. And he will comfort you. And there will be blessing in that. And so here's our problem. And, and, and this is, I think, where we need to try and apply this. In our culture, we've forgotten or lost the ability to mourn or lament. Um, we are very good. I don't know if this, is, this translates to other parts of the world, so forgive me, but we have a stiff upper lip. Does that mean anything to you? No. He does? Okay. So, stiff upper lip, this idea, I think it's more of a wartime phrase, is it? So, keep a stiff upper lip, oh boy. Um, keep strong, stay positive. And in all of that, we're actually saying, no, I'm going to kind of try and ignore the fact that this painful thing is happening to me. And I'm going to deny it's there almost. And I'm going to try and move on. And if I, in reality, I think what that does is it just brings all kinds of uh, problems in the world around us. I think there's many people with um, dysfunctional things going on in their lives, anger issues, or even mental health starts to creep in when we, when we, when we start to think like this. Depression, uh, all of these things. Now, I, I'm not saying that they're just the result of this, but I do think that actually if we don't process our grief, then often we start to go spiral out of control. And I think, I, I've noticed that I've been to quite a few funerals for some reason over the last six months. And secular, well, I say secular funerals. You know, funerals are people that didn't believe in Jesus. And, and so there are funerals where they're not as we would have a funeral, but they're really a more of a, they, they make it a celebration of life. And it's almost like we're not going to, we're going to pretend that actually this person is now not with, you know, we're just going to pretend this hasn't happened. We're going to celebrate life, but we're not going to talk about the fact that we don't, we're sad that they are gone. And mainly also because when we think when there's no hope of for anything in the future, we just don't know really what to talk about. So well, let's just talk about their life and celebrate their life. And, and there's no grief. You know, um, I don't know if you've experienced this in modern funerals. You know, I'm just talking about the last sort of ten years I've noticed this that we've we've lost. We're trying to hide the fact that actually this is really painful. It is really painful. But actually, Jesus is encouraging us, enter into the pain so that you would know the comfort of me, Jesus. So Jesus' beatitude is good news because he brings comfort to those who are in pain. But I think the world now particularly is trying to avoid pain. We, we even do it in church. You know, the culture of the world has is, 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 um, impacted on church. I, I, I find... And I, on Good Friday, for instance. We can't even go one service of just grieving 
Jesus' death without trying to jump ahead to Easter. We even on Good Friday are saying, well, it's Good Friday now, but Easter Day is coming. But actually, I think there is something about the Easter uh, weekend where we, we need to sit in, in the grief of Good Friday. The Good Friday and, and leave it sitting there for Saturday. Because, you know, those disciples and all the followers of Jesus, he died. And they didn't know Easter Sunday was coming. <laughs> they were just, you know, there was grief. Imagine that. Our hero. This guy was thought he was the Messiah, he was killed, dead. And then Easter Sunday came. Yeah, it came, and there is hope in that. But let's enter into the, into the sorrow so that we would know the joy. And I think church sometimes really easily wants to jump straight to the victory and erase any loss or any battle wounds. But life is not like that. Life is hard, isn't it? Yeah? Life is hard, and if we don't acknowledge that, we are being completely fake. Jesus is com- being completely honest and real here. You will mourn, he's saying, but you will be blessed in it because you will be comforted because I'm bringing good news. But if we, if we just say, all we say is comfort, all we say is good news, and not acknowledge that there is bad news around us and that there is mourning around us and that in our lives, then we're, we're being fake. Life brings pain and suffering. And comfort comes only through Jesus. We're all very quiet this morning. Um, let me just finish. I'm going to finish with a story from uh, Tom Wright, one of my favourite um, theologians. He's, he was a, he still is a, he's a retired bishop, and um, he was a chaplain at a college in Oxford for a while. And let me read you a story from him. Um, Tom Wright says, During my first year here, so he's talking at this college in Oxford, our much-loved head porter, Ray Smith, died quite suddenly and quite young. His daughter was my scout on Staircase 3. I don't know what that means, but she was obviously like a prefect or something like that. I was preparing to take the funeral, and she told me she wouldn't come to it. Why on earth not, I said. Of course you must come. Well, she said, I know I'll just cry and cry. That's precisely why you must come, I said. That's what the funeral is for. And don't let anyone tell you different. Grief is the shadow side of love. Not to grieve implies that you haven't loved. And if you have, then not to grieve is to live a lie. But truth will out sooner or later, and sooner is better. She came. She grieved and she was comforted. This is good news. In the bad world that we live in, where there's so much evil, where there is so much sorrow, Jesus comes, and into it he says, blessed are you when you mourn and you enter into this, because you will be comforted. You will be comforted. And I want to pray this morning that if you are grieving and mourning, uh, then you will know that comfort of Jesus. And if there are things that you do need to mourn, that you haven't mourned, that you would enter into that and you would know his comfort. Jackie Pullinger, do you know who Jackie Pullinger? She's a, she was a missionary and still is a missionary in Hong Kong. And was there for many, uh, she's been there for many years and she married um, a Chinese man 
quite late in life. And, and then he died um, tragically. Uh, and she said we were there with um, her years ago when we were in Hong Kong and listened to her. And she said, I decided to grieve for six months and then move on. And I think there is something in that, that because I don't think his mourning is something we live in continually. That's good news as well. But in Jesus we can say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to enter into this, and I'm going to know his comfort, and then I'm going to live there. And, and I think that was healthy, you know, for her. I mean, I, I don't know, she's a very kind of, kind of person. I don't know whether I can say it's going to be six months, and then that's the end of it. But I think there's part of it, there's a good um, message in that, because it's like, I know that if I take time to grieve, if I take time to mourn, I will know the comfort of Jesus, and I will be able to live beyond. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Can I pray? Not an easy one, this one. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the good news that you announced to the world 2,000 years ago. I thank you, Jesus, that you do not skate around or skirt around the the, uh, the realities of the world we live in. There is so much pain, there is so much suffering in our world. And forgive us, Lord, where we've just been in denial of that and tried to avoid it. But I thank you that there is good news to us, that when we mourn and grieve these things in the world around us, in our own lives, losses that we have encountered and been a part of, that you bring comfort and in that bring blessing. We want to know your comfort. We want to know your blessing. Help us, Lord. I pray for everyone here who has mourned and is mourning if there are any things that are going on right now that you'll bring comfort to them. Your promise of comfort through goodness, humility, let there be your presence in the lives of those here today that will bring comfort. And I pray that there will be that great hope of Easter is coming. We thank you that you've given us um, the insight that actually Good Friday didn't last forever. The pain didn't last, of death didn't last forever. But you've overcome death. You've overcome sin. You've overcome evil. And there is hope that you will make all things right and renew all things. That is coming through Jesus. Comfort us with these hopes and let us know your blessings. Thank you.